0: What's going on guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy here on a wonderful, beautiful, sunny Monday here in Los Angeles. We are talking about is it the best Star Wars movie of all time? The Phantom Menace? Probably not. We're still going to talk about it. We'll see you guys in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movie. And here's Popcorn Talks Action Movie Anatomy. Oh, no! I got it I got the register I, I'm glad you answered the question that you asked in the intro. What happened to your voice just What, are you, what are you talking about? You sounded normal just a second ago. I know. It's yeah. high. I, I get like three words <laughs> that sound normal and then the rest just goes straight downhill. I'm glad you're doing two I hours of podcasting today. Yeah, it's going to be good for me. It's good good for, me. for my career. Yeah. Good for my voice. Yeah, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the show. Welcome to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy. We're back in the studio here in Los Angeles talking Star Wars. We've got an action-packed show today. We're talking about Star Wars Episode 1 at The Phantom Menace. My name is merely Ben Bateman. This is Andrew Guy. We have special guests in studio today. We got generals hanging out here in... This is the true generals bunker now. It's this like is, a, a real bunker. We got, we got stone on the wall. Yeah. We've got food and munitions. We don't have either of those. The door is locked from the inside. It, it is. Jake he, controls the door. <laughs> Jake does. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's give a big shout out to... Uh, we got... Sorry, wow. Why don't you shout him out? Sonny I can't Laman talk. Lamanmaki on the right. Round of applause. <laughs> We've got Paulie D. Paul Denuzio front and center. Kelsey Kirkland. Kelsey. And finally, we already alluded to Jake. Jake Yacoveta manning the door. The captain's place is on the bridge. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and here we are. That's that's actually the wrong franchise. But uh, okay. here we are to talk about Star Wars. The Phantom yep. Menace. Uh, and, and we... It was a it was a big weekend. This is a spoiler free environment. Uh, the the Schmodan spectacular happened over the weekend. You're talking the, about the Phantom Menace. <laughs> we're not going to be spoiling I will the Phantom Spoil- Menace. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> There's a trade blockade. What happens? <laughs> God, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and uh, everybody's in town for this big event. Uh, I was I was playing in the opening match of the event with the possibility of playing in others. And uh, it was big. And you guys were all there. It was really awesome. So we got to spend some time hanging out. And uh, now here you are in in studio. Yeah. Yeah. A live taping of Action Movie Anatomy. So. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, there will be no spoilers for that, uh, and I don't want to see them in the chat either because I haven't watched the event yet. I don't want it to be spoiled. I was working on Saturday, um, so I, I need to watch it. So don't, don't do that to me. Don't do it to me. Um, it's We're going to get into the show. We're going to talk about Phantom Menace in a moment, but we are going to talk about why these people are in the room with us. Just really quickly, these are generals in the Action Army and above patreon.com slash team action, something that we talk about all the time. And our producers we have ryan up in the booth ryan how you doing what's going on chilling man how do you like uh, phantom menace uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i think it's okay i i really there's a lot of problems with the writing um there's a lot of cool lore but overall is it just a good fight scene is it just a good fight scene that's a pretty that's a pretty damn good question uh so ryan and steven steven lemieux who has been with us since day one he's the guy that made this beautiful animated background um He was like, you know what, you guys do trailer reactions on Monday, but you have generals, you have your most loyal fans, and these guys have all been on camera. He's like, why not reward your patrons, if they're going to be here in studio, by them doing their own trailer reactions? So, we usually do an Action Guys trailer reaction on Monday, but we are going to have our generals in the army do a trailer reaction to... Wonder Woman. Have you seen the trailer? I haven't seen oh, it. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't
1: watched it yet. It's really good. It, yeah, really I, it, good. I, mean, I, I saw
0: the, the teaser trailer and yeah. I got chills. Yeah. Uh, I saw Mark Ellis's tweet this morning as well. They're it? like, Chris Pine's just going to get killed at the end of every yeah, Wonder <laughs> Woman movie like Kenny. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, so that is something we want to do to thank you guys for all that you do. And we love you and we're so happy you're here. Let's talk about this movie. Well, I do actually, was because you mentioned generals, we've said that a lot of times. And so uh, the the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to shout out a couple patrons here. We've got uh, Gamma Comics, Collectibles, and Riley Hughes. Those are brand new patrons. Patreon.com slash Team Action. And finally, we have a new general, actually. We do. Liam Gilpin. That's a big salute to Liam Gilpin. He's now a general. He joins the ranks. And uh, if you are generals, we do these generals bunkers. We hop in basically like a Google chat. We hang out for, you know, 10 or so minutes before our live tapings. Uh, And and we've hung out with all of you guys many times. Yep. As we've said, more time with you guys than our families probably. <laughs> and uh, so, and that's kind of how it works. So, go become uh, a patron, at Patreon.com/teamaction, if you guys want to become a part of the fun. And otherwise, we're going to talk about this movie. Very interesting movie, very uh, polarizing, I think, especially because there is a huge level of nostalgia. That also meets just reality of being an adult and watching a movie that is made for kids. Yeah, and I was 11 when, when I saw this in theaters. You were the same age. Yep. Uh-huh. I remember this was a big deal. It came out, and I saw it uh, like shortly after my birthday, I'm pretty sure, because this came out, what, in June? Is that right? I mean, they did the whole empire building thing with, like, you know, the McDonald's. toys and the posters and like every kid in the world was ready for this movie yeah I mean they re-released the, the classics in anticipation of this so I think it was like two years before maybe but I definitely mm-hmm. remember going to the theater and I remember seeing Star Wars and Empire and Jedi uh, they were selling I think throwback toys so I bought some of the throwback toys I remember uh, this yeah this came out May 19th my birthday is June 6th so I remember with my older brother and his, his girlfriend in college Amanda they were home for the summer they, they were adults to me but, no, but yeah, that's adults. But at the time, they were 20, I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, like, they took me to see it. And I remember, he's going to marry this girl. They did it for, like, four months. Um, yeah, I don't even know what her last name is. But God, I, I kept remember. calling her mom. That was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember we went and saw this together and My Brother Hates Movies, as you guys know. Of course. Um, and he was like, that was so bad. Yeah. I was like, it was so good. Yes, <laughs> it's exact. And then, like, you know, it's so crazy because as you get older and these movies all came out, you would stand beside them as people just rip them apart. Because (laughs) when you watch them as a kid, you don't care about the bad acting. You don't think about the age difference. You don't care about... Even though there's this whole trade discussion going on, yeah. you're more so just like, wow, look at Queen Amidala, and oh, who who is this kid? Yeah, right, that's Darth Vader has to be him, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, he's such, he's doing such a good job foreshadowing the character <laughs> he's going to become because he's Jake Lloyd, so talented. God, Jake Lloyd's such a good actor. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think I think we're going to establish the rules that we usually go by here on Action Movie Anatomy because that's how we started the show. The movies we cover generally adhere to four basic rules. Rule number mm-hmm. one: the hero always plays by their own rules. Who's the hero of the movie? Uh, I think the hero of the movie is probably Qui Gon. It feels like he is. Yeah, he's, it feels he feels like he, he's the he's the driving force um, in the mold that I feel like that existed for American movies at the time. It was so driven by, like, by like 40 to 50-year-old white males. That's, yeah. like, right? Like, you obviously had Harrison Ford in Air Force One a couple years earlier. That's, like, the template you were getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he definitely fits that role where it feels like he's that, you, you know, he could be your dad if you're a kid. Yeah. I mean, I think you do look at him like a father figure because of the way that he treats you. And then also uh, I say that he does play by his own rules because he was going against the Jedi. Against being the Jedi. That I have to train him. He's the one. It's all Qui-Gon's fault. How come no one ever talks about how Qui-Gon's the real asshole in all the movies? Yeah. He spawned Darth Vader. Right. It's his fault because that's he my the- no, That's because my Because th- he plucked Jake Lloyd from Tatooine, you mean? <laughs> I love that you just can to continue to refer to him as Jake Lloyd, Instead of Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a snowboarding class with him when I was like twelve. Once, oh, were you? You not know, know this? Did you did you tell him that he was a horrible actor? I didn't know he was a horrible actor. <laughs> oh, all, all the other kids <laughs> kept calling him Anakin, though. That's all anybody called him. It was like, it had it been like a year or two since. How, he was how did he respond? He like thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Are you kidding? He was, really? He was Darth Vader. He got to be famous for. A he few didn't years. go like crazy. Like I'm going to kill the younglings on you guys. <laughs> he, he was very young. <laughs> he was very young. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs would have you in the room. I I mean, definitely, the Emperor and Qui Gon feel like they're the smartest guys in the room. Yeah, so definitely, that, that definitely works. Did you get? Did you get the feeling? Is Yoda kind of an asshole, or is it just like that he's young and spicy, Yoda? You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Younger, younger, yeah, spicy. younger, right? Yeah, I don't know. I just think he's wise. I just thought he, I, I liked it. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but I thought he had like a bit of an edge to. It. Rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. He, they're he, they're kind of military and they're kind of political. Yeah, Jedi, right? Definitely. Jedi Knights. Jedi Knights. Are these guys Knights of the Old Republic or is that a different... Paul? Paul? <laughs> it,
1: it, it, the Jedi Order just during that time okay There's like not the remnants of that at this point just, it's the
0: Jedi Order is okay so they are members of the Jedi, Jedi Order Jedi Order, so the Royal Republic is confirmed. before this but they have okay and Ben and I, I had a really good idea for a segment on the show and then Paul's like actually you did that on an, yeah, old, on episode, an old episode so, yeah, I yeah, called yeah, in for it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah definitely just uh, check. just testing you rule number four the movie contains a minimum of one explosion well it exploded Jake Lloyd's career so that uh, he never acted in a movie again um, but uh, there are some things that there are some things that blow up in the movie so those yeah. are kind of the rules that the, the show adheres to, I, I guess. And we're going to get into a couple different segments here. We're going to talk about greatest lightsaber battles. We are going to talk about fist pump and thesis and favorite line and all of those things. So uh, I think let's start with the, the first segment on the show. Yeah. The biggest, uh, the one we do, which is a thesis statement. It's your biggest, boldest thought about the movie. Something happens and you kind of want to say, you know what, this is the thing about this movie. It's the greatest. It's the biggest. The boldest. The only, almost like rooted in hyperbole, shouldn't be like, this is one of my favorite movies from 1999. Because it's kind of weak. And yeah, it shouldn't be one your favorite movies from 19 no, A lot no, of good no. movies happen then. Uh, do you want to hop in first you want me to? You go first. All yeah. right, so I think after much delineation, I'm going to go with my thesis is just that if you take away all the emotion, this has the sweetest lightsaber battle period in the whole entire franchise of Star Wars. Okay. Because, but- don't get me wrong, is it the throne room one? Is that what it's called in The Last Jedi? What is it called? You mean in uh, Return of the Jedi? Or Return of the Jedi, yeah. I don't know. It's the, the big the yeah, throne, the throne room. Yeah, the throne room, yeah. And then people uh, obviously talk about the one at the, re- the end of Revenge of the Sith, which I would give the edge yeah. just because of the the sweet lines and that Empire. People has. People love the Empire and, and, yeah, yeah, battle. Yeah, Empire that's battle, of course. One. But if we're talking just like sheer, like I want to go watch The Raid because I want to see sweet fighting, that's... The yes, God, really the, the music is really good in yes, this. That. that is the other best part of this movie, I think. But it's like a six-minute sweet lightsaber battle that starts exactly how you want it to. Yeah. It's like these forces are are like, you know, they're all trying to escape or whatever, and... And then it's just Darth Maul. Yeah. And then the Jedi are like, we got this. And then it's the three of them, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's going to happen. And I know he has a dual lightsaber. When he's going to bust out the dual light, oh, my God, there's the dual lightsaber. Well, I, did, I guess because we must have seen it in the trailers. The we must already knew. Posters. And yeah, the trailer yeah. and posters and then the toys, I'm sure, we had already seen before the movie came mm-hmm. out. But it definitely was a pretty big deal when he had the two, the double, the yeah. double barrel. And the fighting is sick. And the it's fact like, that, like... You know, I also even like when it gets cut in half, it, it's still two lightsabers instead of, like, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't anymore. work anymore. Yeah. And, he, and he's just as proficient with he's one. He's so good. Uh, I love, love that. And then also, as an adult, that uh, that battle, I think one of the things I, I love about it the most, and probably as a kid I thought it was sweet, too, was the, the meditating of Qui-Gon. Yeah, it's in really between. sweet. And then, like, because you've got the young... Ready to go, Obi Wan in the back, just like let me go, let me get, let me yeah, get out right, right, you know. Right. And then you've got Darth Maul who's just pacing back and forth. Like, Obi Wan's got going that to kill sweet you. rat tail. Yes. Yeah, so, man, that sweet sweet rat. Dude, I have this is total total tangential thought. I did taekwondo for a long time as a kid. Did you have a rat tail? I did not have a rat tail, <laughs> did but you there was have a, a Caesar kid. haircut. I did have a Caesar haircut, <laughs> and I weighed about the same as I do now, even though I was thirty years younger. Uh, so there was this kid with a rat tail, and he had a really long. I went down to his his waist. Wow. Uh, and one day he came, and it was gone. And someone ripped it off as he was walking down the stairs at school. And that's all I ever think about when I think of rat tails now. That's oh. all. I, so whenever I, whenever I'm watching the Phantom Menace, I see it. I just think of this poor kid. He was the nicest guy, but that's that's all I can think of when I see Ewan's haircut. That sounds uh, that sounds extremely painful. I'm sure' would um, be horrible. Mac Ryan, uh, general in the Action Army, five star general in the Action Army. Um, Oh wow! So I have a quote from this salute. movie yeah. on my wedding ring. Says Mac Ryan. Mac Ryan, a huge Star Wars fan. We've done commanding the army a couple times. I have a feeling if we do a Star Wars commanding the army, I have a feeling Mac's Mac would come comments. in. I think so. I have. I just have a feeling he'll do. it. I feel like he he will obliterate people in commanding. <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. Um, so uh, I'm I'm gonna go with my piece of statement on this movie, and I thought about this a lot because. I didn't think that this movie was particularly good on rewatch. I've probably seen it like six times, give or take. Over I think the I've years. seen it like three now. Yeah, honestly. I've seen it a bunch over the years. I hadn't seen it in a long time, but uh, the the most memorable and iconic thing about the Phantom Menace are two still frames of two characters, mm, mm-hmm. and it's just literally Darth Maul standing with two lightsabers, and it's just a still of Queen Amidala on the throne. Mm-hmm. everything else pretty much everything else about this with the, movie, like the red and the white you're is talking irrelevant about. Yep. like I thinking about it and how impactful the image of Amidala was when it came out like as a kid the way that like people remember that image and the color of it I even remember my mom being like I mean the costumes the designs are yeah, really amazing right. you know yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. like really beautiful and like the idea that every scene she's in this other like crazy in insanely elaborate outfit you're like how long does it even take you to get ready you're like on a makeshift ship to escape from the one place and you have like trunks and trunks and trunks so many trunks of all your clothes <laughs> uh, just the image of her before she even talks because she becomes a much worse character as soon as she starts talking yeah her, her voice I yeah. don't even I can't even do it it's so weird do you want to try it again I, I, my throat hurts I can't try it again go ahead no I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, let me try it um, <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> and then Maul I mean he doesn't really talk anyway and most of his scenes the lightsaber battle itself is really cool, but honestly, in the end, it feels like just the image of Darth Maul standing there with like the lightsaber yeah. is just more iconic. You just remember what the character looks like even more than the way he fights because he yeah. with the red and the black and the horns. He was such a cool looking. He character. was really, really well designed. Like everything about him. I mean, he's definitely not quite as badass uh, when you look older. I think maybe because the makeup feels a little. It just feels like a lot of makeup, right? Even when you're looking at his face for some reason, instead of thinking that it's like tattoos, it's his skin or tattoos, his skin, yeah. Uh, but I completely agree. For some reason, and, you know, he pulled up both of them. The, those shots are so cool. And, and the Queen Amidala one, um, Amidala one was so interesting because even even now when you watch it, you're still like, wow, that is insane, you your, your idea that you had. Right. And that's, to be honest with you, even beyond just the thesis statement I just shared, the more I watched this movie, the more I was like the concept of the story and how this all works and plays into is actually fine. That's not the issue with the movie. Really, the issue with the movie is Jar Jar Binks and Jake Lloyd. That's pretty much the whole problem with the movie. Mm -hmm. If you were to get rid of, like, if he hadn't been like, I want to make a movie that my kids can watch because I have kids, and he had just made it not with Jake Lloyd, and he had just done flashbacks for five minutes in a movie to when he was a kid. Right. I mean, granted, Hayden Christensen ruined the second and third movies, so they were both horrible casting choices. But, uh, you know, in general, Jake Lloyd makes this movie pretty hard to watch, and Jar Jar doesn't even look like he's real. Now he just looks like some, like... CGI fake character that's walking around. He doesn't even look like he's there. Yeah, and the CGI in him is, is like exponentially worse than basically almost anything else in the movie. Uh, and this is the, the blue screen shot of the two of them together. Yeah, standing. So who's that? Is that a guy? That's a mod best playing Jar Jar Binks Okay. And that's uh, Jake Lloyd as yeah. young Anakin Skywalker. I wonder it, if they could have done Jar Jar practically. It, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably they just need to make him make him look less ridiculous. Yeah, and also not just Jar Jar, the whole Gungans in general, because this like, even when you had the Gungan army battling <laughs> against the clones, yeah. Like, those balls look like they were from a video game put into a movie. Like, also, that, again, the CG on it was very distracting. Also, if you have these big balls that you can, like, roll down a hill, and if they hit a tank, it destroys the tank, then why are you running away and not just rolling the balls just down roll the hill every Every ball you have. Yeah. <laughs> you're just gonna, like, oh, yeah, put them in the wagon. Let's run away. Let's <laughs> run away with these grenades instead of throwing them at the enemy. Oh, hey, yeah. man, Gungans have a very <laughs> unique style of fighting. God, I hate the Gungans so much. I, I just, the Gungans. The, the, I mean, this, I literally was watching this movie, and after 25 minutes, I texted you, and I was just like, you know, of it. it makes me feel like I'm 11 again, but not like in a good way. Well, like this movie yeah, is made for 11-year-olds. Because you didn't say the second part. Yeah. You just said the first part, and I was like, is that uh, really? But then now that you elaborated on it and let me know what you were actually thinking, I, I completely agree. This movie feels so geared towards children. It doesn't feel like a, a Star Wars movie. It feels like a kid's movie that has Star Wars characters in it. So here's something interesting to think about, though. So we say that now. But I was just I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday because we were talking about Phantom Menace. And he he was like, you know, I watch this movie a couple times a year. I just tried to watch it with my my six year old niece and nephew. Mm. And he was like, but after 30 minutes, they were absolutely bored to tears because you have a bunch of these characters talking about trade regulations and and blockades and politics. Uh, And and as a six year old, you don't want to watch any of that. Not only that, but it doesn't even make any sense because you don't even understand politics. Like it's supposed to mirror stuff that you as an adult, you understand. Mm -hmm. He wanted that to be interesting to adults. But he, like, puts that in so early in the movie that I think as a kid, I, I mean, I don't remember it going over my head totally, but I definitely remember being like, I don't know what the hell is happening. Like, if you would ask me today going into this movie, what's happening in the government in Phantom Menace? Like, what's the problem? All the stuff with, like, them running around and Amidala and she's queen and there's all these politicians. Can you explain to me what any of it is? Zero chance. Uh, well, I know that they want to tr- trade, but they can't. He's eventually Emperor <laughs> Palpatine and she's the queen and everyone else I have no idea. Yeah, and that's Darth Vader. Yeah, and that kid becomes <laughs> that Darth, Vader. Darth Vader. I know that, and yeah, and Darth Maul does the same thing that the Emperor does in Revenge of the Sith, where like Obi Wan just like jumps over his head and like slowly takes out his lightsaber, oh, and slices him in half. Yep, and he doesn't move. Yeah, I actually just rewatched because the, the lightsaber battle is awesome up until I think that moment. Doesn't make any sense. He doesn't even flinch or react. Yeah, he's just like, <clears throat> and there's like this flat flash of blood, but. Yeah. There is stuff about this movie that is enjoyable. Uh I I don't remember I remember the pod racing as a kid yeah. was super cool. Yeah, and like I think everyone played the Star Wars pod racing yeah, game. Definitely 100%. It was awesome. Awesome. Yep. So yep. awesome. I mean, going back and watching it, I could appreciate why as a kid I thought it was so sweet. Yeah. You know, as an adult, it, it's really tough because this movie relies so much on CG. Yeah. That exactly. I uh it it just definitely pulls me out. It, it's hard for me to feel the same way I did because when you watched it twenty years ago, it was it looked cool? It looked much better. It seemed like at the time, like I and I think this is just one of those weird things that it's pretty hard to explain. But like as CG ages, you know, like it's you can't figure out why it looked okay then, but it doesn't look okay now. It's mm-hmm. like a bunch of a combination of all the imagery that you've experienced in your life. Training your brain and your eye to understand what you're expecting. But it's, like, not even something I think you can discern as you're watching it. You're just like, this just the edges, the corners, something about this doesn't blend. Well, it's, like, the same thing as now when you're seeing all those, like, those robots that are being built over in Asia that literally just look like humans. Yeah. But then you look at them, you're like, you're not human. Even though you look, every every characteristic is there to be a real human. There's just something not there. And it's the same thing that happens with us watching CG. Well, because we had that experience watching Alita this year, because I know we both liked that movie a lot. She's supposed to intentionally not look all the way human. She's supposed mm-hmm. to look, you know, almost, but she's got the really big eyes. And it's dis- it's like disorienting. Yeah, it's distracting. almost distracting. Yeah. But it, 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 cause every time you look at her, you're kind of like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Could, be, could you look like that? Yeah. So anyway, uh, that those are going to be our thesis statements. We're going to move on to the next part of the show, though, and that is fist pump moment. This is when something happens. You kind of look around. Yes. You seeing this right now? This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm so hyped. I get to watch the rest of this movie right now. That's how I feel because I'm going to go screen the new Jumanji tonight. I, I know. I don't know. I, I kind of want to go, but I <laughs> this this. Got to fix what's going on over here. Uh, what's your fist pump? <laughs> or oh, what? I, I didn't. I wasn't serious. I wanted to clarify to everybody. I'm. I mean, Jumanji. Yeah, I'm going to see it. Then, <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the first one? It's funny. It it's was fine. It was good. I yeah. thought it was got a little too much hype. It was a little overrated oh, in my opinion. 150%. Yeah. It was definitely a lot better than the original Jumanji. And better than I thought it was going to be. I don't think it's better than the original Jumanji. Do you like the original Jumanji? Of course. Thumbs, the show of hands. Who likes the original Jumanji? Thumb up, thumb down. Hand is raised. Everyone's. Wow. wow. Everyone but you. Paul's got the comedist, like, I don't know, should we do it? He, we can't just kill him in front of everyone. Am I missing uh. something? Is the original Jumanji considered to be a movie people like? Is that a good movie? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Way off base, but, on that, that but it's the type of movie that makes sense. It's the same. It's the same thing as we talk about. That's like a, a sweet family movie that I watched as a kid growing I up. I saw it too. I love Robin Williams. I definitely saw the original Jumanji. Hundred yeah, percent. That movie's like intense and scary and like yeah, yeah, huh. funny. Didn't they just remake it? And just call done it that. Zathura instead. isn't Zathura like the same Zathura? Movie? Zathura spiritual sequel. I think. Spiritual sequel. A spiritual sequel. sequel. Gotcha. Well, enough about Jumanji. Let's get the fist bump <laughs> moments on the Phantom Menace thura. here. Uh, throw your thoughts in the chat oh. here, guys. We've got a bunch of people in the live chat. And also, Mac did reveal his uh, his line. Uh, it? I think it was at, at last we can reveal ourselves. Where is it? What? says, Caesar. What quote? Okay, here we go. I found it. It says, At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. That's uh, on his wedding ring. Sweet. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's sweet. <laughs> it's actually really badass. Yeah, it's so I, awesome. I wish I like felt that passionate about something nerdy that I could put on a wedding ring. I used to always you know? say I was going to get the the gladiator tattoo. What we do in life echoes through eternity. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I still want it, but then I'm just like, I don't know. At I don't one point, know I was going to get tattoos. I was going to get a Point Break tattoo. At one point, really didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> well, what was it going to say? Utah, give me two. <laughs> uh, it was going to be something Swayze. I almost you have got, it on your stomach. I almost got a Swayze tattoo at one point. Yeah. Just on the back of your neck, it's his hair. <laughs> it's his hair. <laughs> um, uh, okay, what's your... He's what's your... not wrong. Um, uh, I think my fist pump moment's got to take place in the lightsaber duel. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's that, or I have to tell you, when I turned this movie on, a long time ago, Galaxy Far, Far Away. Yeah. Music starts, and the scroll starts, and I definitely had a fist pump Same. It was, for me, like that... I love the John Williams music so much. Mm-hmm. It, it still gets me so excited. I definitely remember, like, Force Awakens when that trailer happened, the darkness and the light. And then you hear the music and the falcon flies. And I started crying. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah. And it happened to me multiple times watching that trailer. So that music definitely just, just gets me. Like, yeah. And there's there was still something about seeing. Like, we both remember what it was like seeing the scroll for the first time like but it was ours. It yeah. wasn't the one we've been watching that our parents and sisters or fan, friends had shown us. It was like our yeah. scroll. The funniest part though is that it literally it starts and it's like the music and you're like a kid, and you're excited and you're like Trade what regulations? Is this, what, this tra- a, what is Why this? I- <laughs> <laughs> you're after it takes 25, 20, and you're already bored. You're already like, I don't, I don't get this. I don't, I don't know, know half those happening. words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Is, so is that your choice? I'm going to go, I think the music, because I definitely was more excited about that. I think I knew that the lightsaber stuff was going to get me, mm-hmm. but the music got me. Like, artif- like you know, organically. Yeah. Me, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, Like, it. felt it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do love the Duel of the Fates, but I think... It's tough, because this, this moment also has my favorite line. But I, I actually really love when Yoda meets Anakin. Okay. And you can just see how evil he is. He knows. And he refuses to give him, you know... I mean, yeah. Sam Jackson kind of takes away from the scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know why. There's there's something about it. And, and it's because... Of the, I think he says my favorite line in the movie, which I'll just say it now, because it, it's hard to explain why I love yeah. the scene so much. But it's the it's the fear. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads yeah. to suffering. And the whole thing... And he's and I sense much fear in you. And you're just like, Yes! You know, you know now. Yeah. No one else can tell. He's a goddamn sweet little kid, and you know he's going to be the worst thing to happen. He's to like the galaxy. He's like you're bad now, but Hayden Christians is even worse. He's worse. He's so even a worse actor than you are. You you're going to grow up to be an even worse performer, and you're going to get two movies. Just quit now, kid. The, Don't do it. The other thing that was really distracting about that scene was his eyes. Yeah. Why does what happened? Like, did they just give Yoda glasses? in between the movies and they they help correct that that eye because they're just rolling around in his head like look at the picture Ryan pulled up he's high as fuck that's the only thing it could possibly be yeah, he doesn't really look like he's all the way there. No, no, he doesn't. I didn't catch that. Really? I did, yeah, I didn't Playing catch clash, that. Playing Clash, huh? Yeah. No, I wasn't, <laughs> but you were. You definitely were. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I would never do that. Uh, all right, so those are our fist pump moments. We're going to continue moving on through the show. Any of you guys just want to shout out real quick? I know you guys don't have mics, but yeah. uh, any, any huge moments for you? Optional? You know?
1: Finding out that uh, Padme was actually Queen Amidala. Oh, um, that is... The reveal, as a young girl being nine years old, That this character that we we're falling in love with, as a kid, you find that she's actually royalty and this deco... I
0: love that moment. That's I do love that moment, yeah, even well, still as an adult. So correct me if I'm wrong here, because I remember watching as a kid. Isn't Kira Knightley her double? Yes. It is, she is, okay, right? Okay, okay. God, thank God. I thought I was crazy. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> is, but it definitely still just looks like it's Portman both times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just Portman both times. It's 100% Amidala, just Kira Knightley the whole time, and only... So, no, there's
1: times where it's, times. it's Portman, and like the, when they're in the sentence, he went on for a side, Yeah. She becomes... Portman becomes Ah, uh, Jake Way comes in and talks to her, and she's like, oh, I, sent, I sent Padme
0: away. Yeah. That's Portman. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, okay. I just have to watch yeah. a little closer, because I definitely was like, I was looking at the faces, but it's really hard to detect. This yeah. is Kiara right here. Yeah. Ah, oh, that does yeah, make sense on the right totally there. totally does. Ah, oh, they do a good job, though. They it's really actually, do. That's hard to tell. That's really hard to tell. Yeah, I, I have to say, I honestly think that it's possible that even though Darth Maul is sweet... I think it's possible the character design of Amidala is just the best part of this whole movie. She's one of the most yeah. distinctive parts of like ever in Star Wars. She's the only thing from like her and and Maul are the things that stand out to me. But like when I watched her, I was like, man, that's like somebody should be. I think they probably were awarded or at least nominated for. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that she her character design's amazing. I I do love Qui Gon. I love I love him in this movie. So he's so good. So when Qui Gon catches a uh, uh, Jar Jar Binks's tongue, he's like. <laughs> Don't do that. I just kept thinking, like, let's do some improvisation. I'm I, mean, I just kept thinking about, like, if he had been acting with like a real actor instead of just like probably the CGI like dude in a suit thing. How just like stupid he probably thought it was. Yeah, just, like how annoyed. Like, why, why am I here? Why am I, I here? was. I was Oscar Schindler. <laughs> you know, just like he's so mad that he's Qui Gon Jinn, probably having to deal with because he has to deal with uh, with with, with Jar Jar a lot. The most. Yeah. 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 Jar Jar's a horrible character. Jar Jar's really. I mean, there's there's definitely like these. The, well, let, let, hold other fist pumps from, from the room. Anyone got them or no? I got one. Well, one yeah.
1: of my favorite ones actually has to do with the music, too. When Anakin leaves Shme, and like he like, tries to go back. Yeah. He's like, you know, don't look back. And he turns around, and that's the themes the Jedi theme. Like, yeah, so well, yeah, that's
0: really cool. yeah. Yeah, Shmi, that's a character, or Shmi, not, not, uh, Watu is a character that I can't believe some of the stuff they did. I, so, him having a Star of David the whole time threw me off. Like, I know, I you're, I know you're Jewish, but he did not wear a Star of David. Yeah, I know, but it's so <laughs> offensive. As a character, I'm just like, as a Jewish man growing up, oh, how- what, what are you talking about? Oh, God. It's not There's so much in this movie. <laughs> oh, you want some so many of the times in the like, movie, I'm like, I know you're aliens, and I know this is for, you're trying to be funny for kids, but like, Man, if this came out today on Twitter, every one of these characters would be skewered. Just, I looked, just skewered. I looked at my TV last night like they were making fun of me. like Because I was like, I, I was playing Clash. And, <laughs> and then I heard the voice because I'd forgotten about it. I was like... <laughs> What did you just say to me? Like, oh, I didn't say anything. Oh <laughs> um, just yeah. Those it's, characters I, when they happen and then and then yeah when and you then, see and of course Jar Jar yeah Jar Gungan thing yeah. But I also think like there's just so many things that they try to do in this movie. Like there is a there is is Star Wars slang like derogatory oh slang God. in this movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because he calls doesn't he call him a slot like was it Slavo or something like that? He keeps. Sl, yeah, Slemo, sl, 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 Slemo, That's the, that's Watu. No, he calls uh, he calls Saboba that. He's, oh yes, yeah, Subo- it yeah. means like scumbag or scum or mm-hmm. something like that. But Slamo, that's like his. Uh, so cool. Yeah, they created it. Lucas was like, "Well, that's a word we'll come up with." Uh, well, and also there was so there was that article that came out like a, a month ago about J.J. Abrams going and visiting George Lucas and yeah. how George Lucas kept talking to him about midichlorians. Do we, what a, like, the general Star Wars true fan base thinks midichlorians are a joke, right? Well, they only are referenced in this movie only because they're so dumb. They they literally made this movie, and they had, because I think they were already in production. Being Jedi isn't a choice, okay, yeah. I was born this way. <laughs> yeah, they were already in production one, up for the second movie, I'm sure, once this movie released, because it takes forever to make these movies. Yeah. And I'm sure they had to go back and just be like... Yeah, Jar Jar is basically not going to be a character anymore. The don't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to change a lot because this is terrible, and people didn't like this movie. Uh, and I also think that, like, now, when you think about... Because I, I asked this question. I can't remember if it was on this show or another show, but, like, we're going to look back at the the Disney acquisitions of Star Wars and Marvel as the maybe the, the most significant business decision in entertainment in our, in our lifetime. Like, I, there's, I think there's no question. It's already... It was $4 billion to buy Star Wars, right? that sounds right they've already i think they've like well over doubled their money already easy it's been, like, it's, been, it's been like seven years mm-hmm. you know and they bought marvel for more than that but again like marvel it's, it's insane like disney disney i think is after this new one comes out is going to make like 11.6 billion this year the this highest year one, this year That's so crazy. right like it's it's so insane and most of it's on the back of these these what acquisitions do you think kevin feige's eating right now yeah. Like a, a a grapefruit full of diamonds, just, <laughs> just with like a it. spoon, just like a spoon <laughs> that's made from like rocks from Mars, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that's that. Cool, man. You that's know? cool he's probably yeah. But no, I was gonna say um, uh, uh, talking about Star Wars and, and Lucas and why he would have sold it. It's like you got to think that he probably when he got the offer because he's he's way too smart. And he has way too many people around him to not have known what's going to happen, right? Like, yeah, they're gonna buy. They're gonna buy this. They're gonna make a bunch of movies, and it's gonna be worth way more than four billion dollars. But it's $4 billion. And also, I don't ever want to make a Star Wars movie again yeah. because of what just happened to me, making these movies from 99 to 05. It, the thing that I like grew up, that was my dream, that was the most successful thing ever, if I ever make another one of these movies again, it's going to ruin my life. It cause... will never be what anyone wants it to be. They're, like That's the problem with George Lucas, and you can see what's happening with, with Ryan and J.J. as well, but they're not expected to be as true like you're like oh, well of course they messed it up it's them right. but it's like George doing it over and over I can't imagine if he would have started taking on what we're just, the, the movies we're seeing now there's just no way he could have handled it mentally and he would have not produced a good enough product for us to digest can you imagine how excited he probably was about this movie like before this movie oh and, yeah and, and, and probably Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith he was probably so hyped on each of those movies each like one at a time well because here's the thing is like Honestly, if you look at the overarching story of the three movies, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, you think of the whole idea. You're like, I get to know how Luke Skywalker came about. I get to see why Darth is the way that he is. Yeah. I get to see the Emperor before he's the Emperor. And, and all these other Jedis along the way that you never even knew existed, it's awesome when you think about it. And Did, I bet on paper it looked incredible. For sure. Did you remember that the suggestion that Jake Lloyd might have just been created, that he wasn't born by a, by a man? Wait, you mean like in real life?
1: <laughs>
0: no, that no, Anakin in, the movie. But she's like, he. I, I, I can't she, explain it, there is no father? Yeah. Definitely didn't remember that happened. I don't even, so is, it, is it's immaculate conception? There's no, there's nothing beyond it?
1: There's no confirmation out there, but that's uh In, with, in front of the Sith, they, there's like a theory that when you talk, it's kind of intimated that Palpatine and then Plagueis, Darth Plagueis might have had something to do with it. Ah. Oh. Like, it's kind of teased, but it's never confirmed. Uh. They like, didn't have the eye of your father moment again, but it's like... Yeah. Out there as possibility.
0: Gotcha. I like that. Yeah. I like that more. I think who's, that he's the Ru- evil father. Who's Darth Tyrannus again? Which one is that? That's Dooku. That's, Do- 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 That's Duke. Yeah. I, I know that, like, Tyrant Tyrannus, mm-hmm. but I was also like, how can we mix Star Wars and Jurassic Park together? <laughs> it's going to be um, sweet. I'm going to make so much money. Darth. Dinosaur? Darth, Darth Tyrannus. <laughs> T Rex. <laughs> you. No. Uh, all right. So going into uh, star profiles here, we got Ewan McGregor. Um, really interesting kind of moment in all of these guys' careers. So. Ewan McGregor just did Welcome to Hollywood, Little Voice, and Velvet Goldmine all in 98. I I have never heard of any of those movies. Velvet Goldmine I've seen. Welcome to Hollywood I've seen. Little Voice, I don't know what it is. Velvet Goldmine's a a really interesting movie. It's a uh, Todd Haynes movie. It stars him and Christian Bale. And it's like uh, about it's like David Bowie basically, you know, it's like glam rock and like he's he's like a I think he's a musician I'm pretty sure Ewan McGregor and he has like an affair with Christian Bale kind of a thing. Don't you think Ewan's like incredibly underrated? As Super an actor? underrated. He's actor. so good. Great actor. I, I love him so much and I just wish he was in more. Uh, Liam Neeson did Les Mis in 1998. That's what the theater kids call it. Uh, Michael <laughs> Collins in 1996 and Before and After in '96. I've seen Les Mis the '98 one. I yeah, watched. It, really? I watched it in school. The yeah, Liam in my huh? uh, like art history class or something for. Interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've never. Surprisingly, I've never. I've never even watched the first (laughs) forty-five minutes of that one. Um, Michael Collins, I just know about it, but I've never watched it before and after. I don't know what it is. Uh, Liam Neeson, you know. Definitely a like they picked guys and you and McGregor and Liam Neeson at this time that I think they weren't like classical movie stars by any means, but like they, they were respected. They picked it the, for you know the right way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, obviously neither one's Americans. So they're able to do an accent in a very believable way. I think you know, yeah. And uh, yeah, Liam Neeson's had a really interesting career, and this is also long before the Liam Neeson like reinvention that we all have experienced in the last decade, where he became an action star. He was like Oscar Schindler and Michael Collins. Like, yeah, you know, I mean. That, it, Honestly, Liam Neeson just was Oscar Schindler. It's crazy to think now, though, if, if we're to get, let's say we grab 100 people between the ages of, like, let's say 15 to 60, yeah. and you asked them what his career-defining role was, Brian Mills, no half question. of them would say Brian Mills, the other half would say Oscar Schindler, I think. I think it's just straight Brian Mills. I mean, Schindler's List I mean, is a really famous movie, but, like, how often are yeah, you with like, anyone or discussing with someone where they go just like, yeah, I just you re know, rewatch Schindler's List for the sixth time. Like, right, right. It, like, I just never happens. So. But... I do think Taken is still, like, recency bias and then all three of them coming out. It could be one of the things where maybe ten years from now we look back after he's stopped doing what he's doing and you're like, well, yes, he was in Taken, and what was his character name again? Right, But right, Shin's right. list is a- one best picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fair, that's fair. And then uh, Natalie Portman, who was very young, and mm-hmm. she obviously she started young I mean prior to the movies that are listed here she obviously has Heat she's got The Professional she's in a bunch of movies in the earlier 90s yeah. and then this is kind of when she starts to break out Beautiful Girls Woody Allen's Everyone Says They Love You in 96 and then Mars Attacks in 96 as well I love, I love Mars Attacks yeah such a weird movie I mean th- this is a big deal I mean back to back that's you know that's a Tim Burton movie and a Woody Allen movie and I think Beautiful Girls is by somebody of pretty significance I'm, I'm trying to remember who directed that movie but it's a <laughs> I watched Kiss the Girls the other day did you really? that movie's real good I watched it last year too really? this is one of those Another one of those yeah, sweet nineties really, two thousand. I can always like so throw out one of those movies in the yeah. background, hundred percent of the time. I watched High Crimes the other day. Did I tell you about that? Oh, how was that? It's oh, it's good. It's Jim Caviezel, yep. Morgan Freeman, yep. and Ashley Judd. Yeah, yeah, and he's like an accused I military. Think I actually guy. watched that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was okay. Ted Demi, director of <laughs> Ted Beautiful Demme? Girls. Yeah, I figured as much. It's 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 also I think it's I think what it is is Beautiful Girls was written by somebody of significance. Is actually what it is. But it like that movie had people in it, and it was like a big deal at the time. So Scott Rosenberg. The writer and he's famous for something. He's I, famous for something, yeah. I, I, he, it's one of those movies that at the time mattered and doesn't matter now, but at the time everybody was like talking about it, I think. So, hmm. interesting careers. Uh, obviously, the, the, the person we didn't write down here is Ian McDermott, who is yes. the emperor, and he's he's the he's like sort of the most immaculate part of the entire like transference oh. from the first to the second. What do you got, Ryan? Is there funny more? enough? He, he wrote the new Jumaji. Scott Rosenberg wrote the new tomology. That's why you love him so much. (laughs) That's why I know all about him. So it's a six degrees of separation thing. Uh, And I like I'm trying to remember as a kid watching this movie if I was totally aware of the fact that he was the emperor, or if it took me a few minutes, like if I wasn't paying close enough attention to just know. Because it's like so obvious when you're watching that's what's happening. And if you were like somebody who like today, if you you know, obviously you hear his voice and you're like, that's just what's happening. I know. But as like a ten year old pre Twitter, I can't remember Star Wars movies. I can't remember because at the end it's like they always travel in twos, and then it pans to his face. Like they're just beating you over the head with what's yeah. happening. But Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> yeah. I just don't remember it because I wasn't obviously <clears throat> he wasn't as impactful to me until I got older and rewatched. Yeah, the movies. it is crazy that it does feel like he is maybe the most under celebrated part of. Is that from Lord of the Rings? Which is that a picture from Lord of the Rings, or is that from No? That's this. That's this that's this. Okay, I was gonna say that looks. Anyway, um, he's amazing. He's in he's every single movie that he's a part of. He's absolutely fantastic, even and, when he's over the top. And he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. He's so good as not the emperor, too. He's so yeah. sweet just as a politician who's just, like, really subversive, and he's, like, He's definitely overdoing it because you know what's happening, but it's perfect. And that's another one of the things that I, 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 on paper, and actually even in execution, watching Palpatine go through this journey of being that guy. You're like, what was the Emperor before he was the Emperor? And you're like, oh, he was just a shithead politician. Of course he was. Right. It's it's really cool to think of it like that. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably my favorite part of... Of the, of the prequels, maybe, overall, just because he's he's just awesome. Yeah. I love him in every single one of the movies. I agree. I don't, I don't remember Attack of the Clones. So uh, we're going to skip production development only because it's we're not really a Star Wars-centric show. And yeah. There's going to be a, f- a billion shows that are going to talk about the production development of every Star Wars movie over the course of the next month. We just want to talk about things that are sweet. So. Yeah, well, one thing I did want to say was that Lucas also began to change the prequels' timeline relative to the original series. Instead of filling in the tangential history, uh, he wanted to basically make this movie that started with Anakin's childhood and ended with his death. But then, obviously, that changed. But right. it would have been weird. I mean, I don't understand how they would have killed. Would they have, like, flashed forward to Darth Vader and Luke? Like, how would they have Anakin's death? I have no idea. That yeah. makes no sense. I think yeah. it was, like, the... Uh, or are you talking about his, like... Symbolic death. death. Okay. Yeah. Symbolic okay. death. That makes more no. sense. No. That's my first bump. <laughs> Uh All right. So, getting into uh, the numbers of this, uh, this beast here. So, 20th Century Fox, $115 million to produce it. It was released in May... Of 1999, it grossed 431 million on its original release domestically, an additional 493 million foreign for almost a billion dollars in 99, which is that is so goddamn crazy. It, it's it's absolutely insane. So when they re-released it in 2012, which I'm pretty sure they were doing just across the billion line. I mean, yes, there's other movies coming and they'd been mentioned, but they released it in 3D in 2012, and so uh, it grossed an additional 103 to cross one billion. So. You know, pretty successful. One of the funniest things I think about sometimes is, you know, people will will often uh, complain about stuff like this. You know, mm-hmm. oh, they're just doing it for the money, or like, why'd they make a sequel? You know, they should never have done this. You know, like we've talked about the Joker sequel a bit, and how it's just like it's not really necessary. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, it's like if we were sitting here, the six of us are like, okay, we're gonna make a movie. We're gonna we're gonna write a script. We're gonna get pieces together. It's gonna be totally original. We're gonna get this movie made. And it's like, none of us would be able to look at the other one and go like, oh, this will be successful. Even if we have, you know, these actors and we mm-hmm. have this script and we have, still doesn't matter. We'd put it out there, do the right marketing campaign. The thing could still completely bomb. Because if you're trying to come up with something and hoping it works, everything has to go right. Everything. We're going to re-release The Phantom Menace in 2012 in 3D and it's going to make $100 million. It'll be a, a blockbuster on re release. Just like, what because did it, we're cost putting it us to re release it. Because we have the movie, so we'll yeah. just put it out there again and it'll make 100 million more dollars. We'll spend a few million dollars on doing some trash 3D on the whole thing that's, and we'll re release it. It's literally the reason that the movie industry is an industry and it's not an art form. Mm-hmm. It's so much more of a business than it is an art form. Like with the movies that we go and pay to see in theaters, that's the business. Yep. You know, the movies that you can go, like you hear about and like very few people have seen, that's an art form, it's something different. But, like, the, it always blows my mind when we look at Jumanji the Jumanji is <laughs> the definition of business. Like, it's the, Jumanji 2 happening. They make a second one because the yeah. first one was successful. So they'll just make another one, and it'll make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And if it's not good, then they won't make another. But if it makes enough money and it's pretty good, they'll make a third. One. And it's like you watch what they're doing with their, like, worldwide tours that they're doing these these releases. They're doing it in China. They're doing it in, like, the Philippines or whatever. They're going to all these releases because it's, like, again, it's not art you are not going back to you're not going into your next method acting thing you're going to make money. We 100% only just both follow the rock on Instagram is what we're talking about, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't follow any of the rest of them. I just see only his stuff on Instagram. So 100, we're am painfully 150%. aware of all the gyms he works out in that are all just his, his and the countries and the like the maroon suits he wears yeah. and all that stuff. I love him. Me too. He's Big amazing. Face. It's so funny. We've like never talked about this, but no, it's like yeah. But it's like every but the thing is, is that Everyone, the Everyone falls the rock on yeah. Everyone does because he's always saying motivational shit or he's doing something or eating something. Or just like looking so like, young. Cool. So, his arms, I feel like I've seen him in person a bunch of times, but I've never like ever gotten to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I feel like in person his arms must be like this big. I just, there's very few people that I feel like they could actually just rip me in half. Yeah, right? And I feel like he could rip me in half. <laughs> I don't understand how it's possible that he doesn't like. He hasn't just like injured himself lifting a weight at this. Oh, point. yeah. Th- that's actually one thing you don't ever you don't ever talk about is like think about is like for someone that is essentially an athlete. Yeah, yeah, crazy. It's that's like insane. Fifty anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we love the Rock. <laughs> um, the movie got a six point five on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a fifty four on the meter and a fifty nine by the audience, which feels feels pretty fitting. Honestly, I mean, okay. what are the most redeeming things about this movie? You got the costume design. You got Maul. Qui Gon's pretty cool with Ewan. Uh, it's cool to see Palpatine, but yeah. all that together, you feel like you just cut out the Gungans completely. It's a tighter movie, and maybe it's a seven point five. Yeah, I do wonder because um, I know people have done all kinds of supercuts, right? That's like there's there's a lot. Like Topher Grace has the famous supercut that he did, and even Alex Kessler, who's been on the show before, at one point did like a supercut of the three together. Really? Right. Uh, yeah, he did his own cut. Oh, I've heard about that. And it was like yeah. uh, it was you know three hours for all three movies, and it cuts out most of the crap. I think most of two is gone that you only have like 45 minutes of episode one in there or something Mm -hmm. like that and most of it is Revenge of the Sith Revenge of the Sith is sweet yeah but like you basically just don't need the Gungans whatsoever you don't need Jar Jar you don't need really any of it it's just and I think that's probably the reason that people have such a critical opinion of this movie is Is that it's anyone in here like the Gungans or Jar Jar or like do you understand anything out of it Uh,
1: I love Ahmed Best because I know he put his heart and soul into it he's a good guy but beyond that yeah it was kind of a they were trying to make it the first real
0: CGI character, but or it just didn't. Do you remember seeing it in theaters and and like being like, "This is trash"?
1: Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> sorry, I was sorry, not <laughs> a second of hesitation. <laughs> I, was trying to get it. I was like, I really want to love this movie, but there's
0: just so, so much wrong with it. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking this morning about putting this out on Twitter, um, and, and like a, like a poll mm-hmm. of like the most the most embarrassing character to ruin a movie for me because so so Jar Jar and Jake Lloyd both together, yeah, Hayden also. Uh, Chris Tucker in the fifth element and yeah, that's so funny because I love Chris Tucker in the there fifth was element. one other one that came to mind that we've talked about a lot like a character that is it's just like it's so annoying in a movie I can't remember what it distractingly was but so. it was like horrifically bad like yeah. anything to come to mind for you or you guys like the characters that you're like this is so embarrassing that what, this is in this movie what was the one where uh, Bruce Willis with like the autistic kid is it uh, it uh the kid the no, no, he's talking, he's, he's talking about uh, Mercury Rising. Mercury, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Now There was another really famous one. Maybe it'll come to me, but it's like another like, crazy, crazy successful franchise and just, you know, exactly what we're talking about. Like, it has a comic relief character, like a child actor, and it's just like... Oh, uh, there's a comic relief one that I... That I yeah, anyway. It'll, it'll yeah. come to me. Uh, Will McLean says, Still think you need Jar Jar for better or for worse. Erasing him still feels wrong. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> so... Do you have a favorite line? I already said my favorite line earlier in the show, but I'm happy to say it again. uh I think probably it's when he's was when he's talking to Sebulba and he uses the slang. I mentioned yeah, pretty I much that. the entire conversation, all the conversations that happen between like like the the kids and Anakin i mean so it's, it's so cringy, but it's also like. George Lucas had to write that dialogue. Yeah, he had to write all those kids talking. He had to write like Anakin saying that to Sabola. Yeah, definitely. Be like he had to direct him in the scene. Say this line, but say it in this other language. And the word that you got to focus on is slaymo. Slaymo. They have captions in the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So uh, (laughs) I I just speak Jedi. I know. So I stream. Yeah. Like almost all my stuff, and you know, if you here I am, I'm I'm guilty. Um, But on a lot of websites that stream. Um, they don't have captions. They don't have the subtitles in the movies if it's not like a fully subtitled movie. So if it's just like a couple sentences in the movie in a different <laughs> language, it doesn't tell you what it is. So when he says that stuff to Sebulba, he just know what's just going on? I had no idea what they were saying. I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, this is hilariously stupid. Because I couldn't remember, because it hadn't been so long since I'd seen it, I wasn't sure if we were supposed to just be like, okay, yeah, because he can speak it and he can speak it, but you can tell they don't like each other. I can't is, remember what they. Yeah, that's is amazing. Is that line the fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate? Is that just from this movie? That's not a repeat from the earlier films. Oh, yeah. so that's like one of the most that's like one of the greatest lines in is. all of Star Wars history. Super, super iconic. I didn't realize that was just from this movie. When he said it, I was like, "That has to be a throwback to Empire." I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you would think so, but yeah. yeah, that that definitely. I mean, hands down, without a doubt, that's my favorite line. Huh. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, all right, we're going to continue moving through here to what's next. Oh, lightsaber duels. That's what we're gonna yeah talk about. lightsaber battles. So it's it's crazy because. I think, like I said at the top of the show, this just straight up for action purposes, this yeah. is the best of that. But then, you know, God, the last two in the original, there's, you know, Luke getting his hand cut off, and obviously what happens to the Emperor. But then at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Everyone, I, that's, I think, my hands-down favorite. Period. So let's go, let's just make sure we're not forgetting one. if or you go, like Obi-Wan if you go, and Darth. So, I mean, that one, if you go movie by movie, the emotion in that scene is sweet, but yeah. it's obviously not a very good duel because yeah. not much happens. But, and the old ones, they have a harder time competing because that's, like, way, way older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that one, it's lower on the list for me, even though it is really impactful. The Empire battle, when Luke loses his hand, is really cool. And it's especially cool because of all the stuff that Vader's doing where he's throwing the stuff at him. Yeah. And the yeah, orange yeah. and blue and all the color scheme, I think, is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Yoda when he flies around is really cool. Some no, people really like I know. some Yoda, people actually. I like when uh when the when when uh, Mace Windu and the other three Jedi they go to attack Palpatine <laughs> and, me... and Palpatine's like and they're like, Huh ah! you know, they, they just basically like fall over. Jag- whose cousin are you? Because <laughs> you're not a Jedi. It's it's literally it feels like that scene in Mortal Kombat where like Johnny Cage is like throwing is it, his hands, like three guys. Like fly off, yeah. that's like what happens. Uh, right. There is the uh, the 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 General Revis one. Oh, the grievous one. where he's, he's one spinning sh- his hands. That's actually kind of cool. People Like that one a lot. Yeah, I think I think Christian Harloff likes that one a lot. I think he's talked about that a lot. And then from cool. the new movies, I think it, the biggest one is when they kill Snoke. Right, the throne room the throne scene room is a scene. sweet scene. Yeah. I have to watch it again because like it, I feel. I feel like when I watch that movie at this point, it's like watching porn or something. Like you're not supposed to turn it on. You can't tell me when you're watching it. Yep. because people are so upset. Yeah, someone comes walks in. You're like, no, no. You got to put like private browsing on or something. It's like I I can't. I shouldn't be watching the Last Jedi. I don't want anyone to know. I don't even want to engage in the conversation. It's like as as Christian has said, it's like talking politics when you talk Star Wars. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. You know, that's that's the one. But I do remember because I saw it twice in theaters that that scene is really awesome. It is. And there's not really a good lightsaber battle in Force Awakens, if I recall. No, not really. I mean, I think I honestly think the coolest one in that is the Boyega fight with the the, the dude who's like traitor, and he has like the boomstick thing. Wait, that's is that that movie? Is that isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. Force yeah. Awakens. That's the Force yeah, Awakens. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. one at the end with Ray. That's Kylo. the one. Yeah, 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 that's like the main that's battle. The one. Hopefully, there's a super super sweet one in uh, Rise of Skywalker. The last rise. The last <laughs> Skywalker. You like to say? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think. So I think for me, my number one. Yeah. It's Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so in the That's end, for me, word. Sith, that'd be two for me, and actually it is the Jedi one. The Jedi one. Because if we're going to talk about the emotional impact... But is it because of the it. lightsabers, or is it also because of like no, it's Darth the killing the Emperor? It's, and- it's the emotional impact, and it's the fact that like I love that you have them fighting, but I also just really especially love like the Emperor and how evil he is in that scene. And what everything that leads up to the battle mm-hmm. when he's like, pitch will a little band." Yeah. Your, your, like, what's he say? He's like, "I'm afraid the shield generator will be quite operational yes. when your friends arrive." Yes. You're like, "You're like, oh, you're Dad, so evil! I hate you! I hate you!" Um, you know all that stuff. So I, I just like that whole scene. I remember we used to, my buddies and I used to play magic cards like in high school, and we just put Jedi on in the and background. The, and, and this last weekend. And this last weekend. <laughs> and there was like several. There were several movies that we'd put on in the background all the time. American Psycho was one of them, and Return of the Jedi was one of them really yeah. all the time and and you like that more than the the empire yeah, I mean, from like an emotional impact, I think the Jedi one because Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. so I think that's 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 the one for me. There is stuff in this lightsaber battle that's really cool. I actually think the best part of this lightsaber battle is the one-on-one stuff when he's just got the single lightsaber though. And yeah, he's fighting Obi Wan, I think it's even cooler. Well, it's because like Obi Wan, I was telling you in the car, it's like yeah. Obi Wan goes full on Vigo against Lurts. Yeah, and, and he's just like blood crazed. Yeah, you know, battle rage. I love it. That was a super nerd reference. He just referenced the main evil orc in Fellowship of the Ring by name. By Name. You try to do it real nonchalantly, but but you know that everyone watching, they're like, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, whoa, it's Andrew Andrew's totally true. Intergeat to anyone? Come on, Andrew. <laughs> no, no. Uh yeah, okay. So um I think is that it? Is that is that those are our two. Those are our number one. Anyone? I think no. I think so. Yeah, anybody have any other opinions on Favorite lightsaber every battles, guys? I'm with you. Jedi. Jedi's the best. Jedi. Jedi. Sith. Right. Revenge of the Sith. Sith yeah. Jake's like, I don't care, oh, man. This <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: <laughs> is actually, we were, we were talking about this last night when we were hanging out at the, the Action Army Airbnb, and Jake is he's one of the most dedicated people that we know to the action industry yeah. and action army brand that does not care about movies he that likes much. Movies. he likes movies. he definitely likes them <laughs> but that's why he's the best uh we're always on the generals chats like what do you guys think what's your favorite he's like i don't give a uh, shit he's like, man. i don't know I, man. I mean i like i like the movies it's sweet like, i'm just drinking this beer i gotta go to work soon <laughs> I'm like, all right man well, it's good to see you uh <clears throat> All right, so uh, I, this will be interesting. The three categories. There's three yeah. action movie categories: totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. They completely describe themselves. What do you think? I, wow, that's a it's a good one because because it's, right? it's like I, it's definitely not totally legitimate. No, definitely isn't no. that. And calling it totally ridiculous invalidates the things that make it great. So I think you have to go middle. I think it's got to be ridiculously legitimate because otherwise, what you're saying is that. Like, you're not impressed by any of the things we talked about. And, you don't and care about the beginning of the story development. Maul's and, a good villain. Yep. Uh, the Emperor is sweet. Mm-hmm. You buy into him. He's a great performance. I, I, when I was a kid and I kind of put two and two together and I was figuring out who Anakin was because yeah. they, they kept not calling him Luke. <laughs> That's <what laughs> me as a kid. I was like,
1: but he's good. Yeah. So he has to be Luke. But
0: you they kept was, calling him. Ant- I don't know why I said I did not Skywalker? sound like that. No, I just was like, <laughs> who is he? Okay. You know, but then I heard his name and the Skywalker right. thing and obviously once, you know I was like I said, I was young, put two and two together. I love the idea of seeing what Darth Vader was like before he was Darth Vader. So I, I think I agree it's it's gonna be the middle category ridiculously legitimate. You know, I think one yeah. of the things that that's so interesting, and you bring this up, and I think it's just important to point out for anybody who's watching this show is like we live in this world right now, where in nerd culture, so like Star Wars is like the epicenter of nerd nerd culture. It's 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 it is the most focused on, discussed, most profitable, biggest entity there is. So mm-hmm. Star Wars releases everything, and if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, like you guys are huge Star Wars fans, so Jake especially, <laughs> Jake <laughs> especially. But like you know, if you're like a Star Wars diehard, like so many people are, mm-hmm. every little bit of information, a set photo, a comment in an interview, gets posted to every single site, to Twitter, to. Talk- talked about on every single talk show on every radio show right like if anything happens the world is so so hyper aware of this and this information the 24-hour news cycle happens in the years leading up to a movie constantly so if like something's going to happen you know like i I mean the casting for the new batman movie is a good example of this every time there's even like the the smallest smallest even rumor yeah we all know about it but you're just saying that when you were a kid and you went to see a star wars movie you were unclear of the fact that they were showing you the kid that was darth vader yeah because that's what it used to be like yeah. if you were a kid watching a Star Wars movie. Right. And I wonder if it's like that for kids today. I'm curious to know if, like, a six-year-old goes to see Star Wars, if they have complete awareness. I mean, or Kelsey, Kelsey's shaking her head no, like, violently because she's a mother. She yeah. knows.
1: I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, and they love Star Wars, but they do not understand, like... Oh,
0: all the little like the, the really entitled yeah. adult fan wait base. so you're saying that they would have went into this not knowing it was Darth Vader no. and they would have maybe figured out like I did at the end when you're like oh well the Emperor's here and if that's Anakin and they keep saying mm-hmm. it over and over and Yoda doesn't like him and that's not Luke then that has to be Darth which is another reason why I think like what we just said about the sort of beating over the head with the fact that it's Palpatine and there's the line at the end mm-hmm. when he says they always travel in packs of twos no more no less about the Sith and then it cuts over and you see Palpatine's face Like, if you're a kid, you might be like, yeah, I think so. He's a Sith. (laughs) As opposed to like, we watched today, you're like, he may as well just have like an armband that says right. I'm a Sith <laughs> this is the whole Emperor. time or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause yeah. Also, cause as a kid, you don't, you don't make, you don't bridge those gaps on your own a lot. Yeah. It, the world's too big for you. You don't really understand. Like when I'm a kid watching this movie, I can't even fathom the fact that the guy that looks older in movies that are 30 years old looks young now. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't totally. work for my brain at 10 yeah. years old yeah it's really interesting it it's just like a a strange place to be as a movie fan now because we just talk about this up and ingest this stuff with such consistency, yeah uh, to think about what it really is like as a kid watching movies. such a different experience, yeah, so I think i I had to go middle category, yeah, I'm with because you there's the it, again it, it it makes yes, this movie's not very good, but it, it's still legitimate, and you can't just like take away all the legitimacy from it yeah, i th- I do think like I hate to use the phrase like not good or bad about this yeah, movie I know you know it feels wrong. Uh, one of the, one of the things that uh, Kevin Undergaro, who's you know founder of Popcorn Talk and and executive producer, owner of the studio, uh, we've heard him say this before is like, you know, he, he had some memory coming out of like a, a big movie with a bunch of like other critic people at one point like years ago, and they all came out and they were all saying to him they were just like, shitting on it. Yeah, I can't believe this and the third act, this and that. And I remember him saying to me like I was so disappointed by their opinions because like this movie made like a like seven hundred million dollars yeah. and and like. Got off the ground and they they made a movie and you guys are critiquing someone else's art and acting like you have this entitled opinion but like be impressed by anything that makes it to a theater that is successful like it's like that successful and and like focus on the things about it that are actually good because there are there has to be things that are good in it for that minute you can't fool. 700 million dollars worth of people you just can't and i just remember him telling me that or he might have said it like a seminar that he was teaching at one point but it always stuck with me because we live in this culture where we spend so much of our time talking about other people's art yeah we spend so much of our time critiquing and ranking other people's art and it's wonderful when you have a great movie because all you can do is sing its praises. Well, and it's so interesting too because like we have been so conditioned to think that that's okay. Cause like, you know, we did improv for years yeah. together, right? Yeah. And like, you know, I went on to perform at that theater for a long time and there'd be these things called the improv cage matches or like the improv house tournaments, where you would literally judge art and yeah. like what one yeah. person thought was funny, another person might not think is funny. It's so weird. It seems ludicrous in that world to be like well everyone's laughing how does that guy not win yeah yeah but then you watch this movie you're like well let's find all the shit that's wrong with it yeah right and it's like i I think you and i talked about this when we watched motherless brooklyn recently and and i kind Mm -hmm. of invalidated my opinion on this because i I talked about it on some show i was on and said that it was wasn't the biggest fan of it but like same i we didn't publish a review we saw it as critics Mm -hmm. but we didn't publish a review because we didn't love it and we weren't being paid by someone to see it we were doing it for our own brand for the purpose of just building our own audience and it's like I don't want Edward Norton or people like Ed Norton to not be able to get their 60 million to go make an original like cool noir detective story right. with like a but with he's, basically but he's been a lead. dreaming out for a decade. And he's like the lead character and he's given his lead character to Tourette's and he's got all these great actors like that's an interesting idea. Go make that movie. Yes. I hope it
1: works for you. If Maybe it doesn't,
0: it- that sucks that it wasn't my favorite movie. But I'm certainly not gonna spend my time going on a show, posting a review, and trying to get clicks on it, telling people how shitty it is. That doesn't right. help anyone. When it's like Jumanji 2 is coming out and it's like and everyone's like, Oh my god! Yeah. Ah! Yeah. And it's just it's just that's the world we live in. So I think talking about all the things about this movie that fall short it's sort of not the point when I go back to rewatch it. It's almost like, let's celebrate the parts about it that I do like. I actually really want to talk to Koi because he loved Motherless Brooklyn. Yeah. I just want to talk to him just to yeah. see what, it's uh, total side thought. Side but thought. Uh, yeah, so we're both in the uh, in the same there and uh, ridiculously legitimate. So there's only, uh, there's one more thing to do today, man. That's yeah, called The Pitch. The Pitch. Oh, that was Van Halen. Yeah, Van, what'd you say? Van Halen? Van didn't Halen. Have, I didn't have the Van Halen. Oh, you didn't have oh, the Van Halen? Because yeah, he had the guitar yeah. last week. You know I mean? uh, so we're, we're going to do Reve- Return of the Jedi. Yeah. We're Revenge Reve- of the Last Reve- Jedi <laughs> Revenge of the Jedi. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Straight up. I yeah. mean, that's, I, I'm excited about it. It's the one I've seen the most times. One that we never thought we'd do on the show years yeah. and years ago. And... It, it'll now, once we do Return of the Jedi, there will only be one saga film left that's been released that we haven't covered and it's the one really bad one and we'll we'll never we'll never do it we're never gonna i unless we decide we just for the sake of making fun of it at some point want to cover attack of the clones which wouldn't surprise me at all i would enjoy drinking during that did we we really never do force awakens Awakens. Uh, you know why we didn't do force awakens because i hated it when i first saw it did you really and then i went and saw it yeah i went and saw it with my old roommate mikey we both fell asleep Both hated it. Uh, And then I saw it two weeks later with my family, and I felt like a child, like the best kind of feeling of a kid when I watched it. I did too. I actually really do too. So maybe we will. We both share our opinions on Collider's upcoming uh, top 10 Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. They they, they rank all of the theatrically released Star Wars films. Without spoiling anything, obviously, how did you feel about the rankings in general? I like the rankings. Right? I actually did too. I yeah. felt pretty good about it. Yeah, they feel, I mean, they feel, they feel, uh, because they're done by the fans was the way this one was yeah. done. It was, fans got to vote on it and then that list was presented to us and we sounded off our opinions on those fan rankings and they felt like about what I would expect.
1: Yeah, I give mean. Give or take.
0: Uh-huh. There's obviously the things with The Last Jedi, so we'll, we'll, we'll go and check it out. I actually had a lot of fun doing yeah, it. Yeah, me too, me too. It was, <clears> it was, it was, it was definitely super fun. Um, so a couple last pieces of housekeeping that we want to do here. Wait, I just had one thought though. Yeah, don't you fade me out yet. Because um, uh, we were just talking about something. We were talking about The Pitch, Return of the Je- I know what it was. Uh, uh, next Tuesday, the 17th, you and I will be on the Disney lot watching Oh Rise yes, of the yes. Jedi Walker. What? The Return? No, The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. The last film in the... Gun to my head right now. I don't know if I can tell you the name of the movie. <laughs> um, and uh, we've decided that... So the embargo for that film, reviews, will post at 12.01 on Wednesday. That's when it happens. It's at midnight Pacific Standard Time for us. And uh, we're going to be here at midnight. We're going to do a live Show of AMA at midnight, the day that you are allowed to hear anything about Rise of So Scott we'll go see Walker it at Disney at like Jedi. seven or whatever. Uh-huh. We'll do our we're gonna do our first thoughts non-spoiler, like a five minute video. You guys will get that on the Action Industries YouTube channel. So yep. youtube.com slash action industries. Go become a uh a subscriber there right now if you guys want to get that notification when that goes live. That'll post at twelve oh one on its own. Spoiler-free, just first thoughts. But we're gonna do a full spoiler episode of Action Movie Anatomy talking about Revenge of the Jedi at 1201, (laughs) and uh, you can find it here on Popcorn Talk. We're going to be doing it live, so that's a thing. Ryan, you are going to be engineering that show, correct? As, yes, I will and, be producing that show. And you will have just have seen it also? Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. I think I find okay. out for sure this week. And if that's the case, I will be losing my mind because that will be in the world to me. Yeah, that'll be really cool for us to be doing that. I'm excited about it. We've never really done anything like it before, but it seems incredibly appropriate, especially because we're doing these yeah, two meetings. Yeah, we're to going it. to the holidays. It seems like mm-hmm. a fun thing to do. Uh, we both leave town that weekend, so we'll miss a couple weeks of shows before we come back with a... Revenge of the Jedi. What is it? It's <laughs> the last... Is it? What is it called? I love that you actually don't know. I, like, I that's don't my even thing know in the world. Is it, is it, is <laughs> it the, the Last r- Skywalker? Rise of, rise the Rise of Skywalker. of Skywalker. Yeah, that's what it's called. The Rise of Skywalker. All right, we'll see you guys next All time. All right, guys, <laughs> See everybody next week. Bye. It's We're not great. called that. We did From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com.